Why a Book, a podcast where we discuss YA novels from the 2000s and 2010s, and there's a lot of shenanigans, a lot of questions, some turmoil. Nicolas Cage. Stay tuned. <laughs> I haven't seen Nicolas Cage in a while. He's gonna pop up when you least expect. Truly. Truly. <laughs> well, I'm Renee. I'm Mary. And this week I read a book I'm pretty sure five people have maybe read. <laughs> Myself and my childhood best friend included. Called A Mango Shaped Space by Wendy Mass. Let's just jump right into the description. Shall Can't we? wait. Mia appears to be the most normal kid in her family. Her younger brother keeps a chart of all the hamburgers he's eaten. Her older sister dyes her hair a different color every week. But Mia knows she is far from ordinary. She is keeping something from everyone. Sounds, numbers, and letters have color for her. When school trouble finally forces Mia to reveal her secret, she feels like a freak. She embarks on an intense journey of self-discovery, and by the time she realizes she has isolated herself from everyone who cares about her, it's almost too late. She has to lose something very special in order to find herself. Oh, oh. That's, like, not an accurate description of this book. Okay, well, I mean, I vibe with the brother. The brother, honestly, is great. He's the best character in this whole book, because he's just so fucking random. Like, he'll just go around and, like, say something that makes no fucking sense. Like, she yawns at one point, he's like, you have to cover your mouth or else your soul is going to escape. She's like, that. what? I love that. But, like, he just starts a rumor for literally no reason. Oh my god, I love this. She's like, why did you tell me all that? And he's like, oh, like... For funsies! Get... No, he literally goes to get back at you. And she's like, get back at me for what? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like... Wow. Anyway, so... The pro... There's a prologue. Because this book needs a prologue. Oh, every good YA novel needs a prologue. <laughs> so it starts with the main character, Mia, describing the first time she ever got called a freak. Um, this is when she's eight. So she's... She's 13 now. Um... And she was doing math in front of the class. She was dressed in a shepherd costume for the Christmas play after school. She doesn't go to Christian school. Oh. So there's just a lot going on with this shepherd costume. Yeah. Because, like, why are they having a Christian play at her school? And That's, um... Like, why can't she change after school? Like, she's even wearing sandals. It's December. She lives in Illinois. Like, anyway. Oh. So she's doing math. She's not good at math. So she's having trouble. And then she sees some colored chalk like on the board. So she starts to rewrite the numbers in the various colors. And her teacher's like, what are you doing? Like, this is an arts and crafts. And she's like, wouldn't it be better if the numbers were in the right colors? And long story short, she gets yelled at, sent to the principal's office. um, And everyone laughs at her and calls her a freak. Yeah. So anyway, back to the present. Uh, Mia's hanging out with her best friend, Jenna, and they're reciting this rhyme from an old poster that Mia has that goes... Lizzie Borden took an axe. That one? No, it goes, A is for Amy, who fell down the stairs. B is for Basil, assaulted by bears. (laughs) And it goes down the list of the alphabet. That sounds right. That is some straight (laughs) up... 1600s to 1800s schoolhouse... Learning. Yeah. Yep. So she just has that poster, and this is never. Well, no, it is brought up again later, but like for it's stupid. This whole book is stupid. Like yeah. this book is not good. So anyway, they're walking around the ravine near their houses, and Mia starts talking about how Jenna's mom, like not too Jenna, like in her mind, uh, 
she's thinking about how Jenna's mom died a few years ago from cancer. And then she also mentions, she says from a type of cancer only women get, which is just like a weird phrasing. I assume breast cancer, but who's to Oh, say? I was going with uh, cervical? Yeah, cervical. There's various types. Because men um, get breast cancer. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't think they get cervical cancer. No, well... Not not usually. Uh, someone, someone can, can you confirm? Anyway, so <laughs> she mentions that um, Jenna's name is a shimmering green color with some yellow highlights, but she's never told Jenna this. Um, she's also never told her sister, her older sister Beth, that her name is a murky swampy brown. Of oh. course. Her older sister, who she fights with all the time, of course, has an ugly colored name. Um, Beth is 16 and in the process of wearing down their parents' patience. Those are her <laughs> own words. That's how a 13-year-old speaks. Yep. Uh, she also has a younger brother named Zach, who is 11, and his name is Robin's Egg Blue. Um, and so, yeah, he has a chart of all the specifically McDonald's hamburgers he's ever eaten. And this chart was just so prolific that he actually got the local news. I love this. About this this chart. Earlier in the pandemic, when I was trying to come up with hobbies, I considered just trying every taco place in Bushwick and finding the best Al Pastor tacos. Well, that's a lot of taco places. Um, and then I never followed through. Well, there's still time. Um, her dad sells and repairs farm equipment and to help with this business he has a helicopter, which is important for, uh, events that occur later in the book. Oh, they fly to a hospital on a helicopter? No. They fly somewhere. Why not a hospital? I assume someone's going to need to go to a hospital. <laughs> Call an ambulance! Call, Call an ambulance! But not for me! Anyway, so as Jenna and Mia are walking, Jenna asks if Mia has finished her painting of her grandfather who passed away a year ago. She's almost done, but she's been unmotivated to finish it. And then Jenna is like, "Her, my dad told me that it can take a soul a year to reach heaven, so maybe that's why it's taking you so long to finish what? this painting. There's just like a lot of random say. I mean, we know that the stairway to heaven is very long. Like, there's Zach who just makes shit up or, like, reads random things on the internet and, like, acts like they're real. But then there's, like, some people just genuinely say things in earnest that make no sense. Anyway, so uh, Mia heads home and her house is unusual. Oh. So it was built by her father and her grandfather, but they couldn't agree on a plan. So they just each did their own thing and then just met in the middle. That does not sound safe. I This would not get approved by any city planner. Like, you need you, a, You'd an get architect. so many stop work orders. Yeah, so... What resulted is this home where there's just a bunch of doors that lead to nowhere and oh my stairs God. that go into walls. This Stop! <laughs> no! Mary! <laughs> no! You know what this is! I know! Why, did this, why is it the Winchester Mystery House? Why? But like, okay, so, like, this is a thing, but, like, it's not, like, utilized throughout the book. This author clearly... <laughs> What knew about the Winchester Mystery yeah. House and ran with it. But doesn't she doesn't what? use it for the narrative? She's just like for what? Isn't this just like a weird quirky thing? And that's not even like that's not even how the Winchester one ended up the way no. it is. Like why? Literally, she just oh. there's so many things that just happen. Just like oh, isn't that just like oh funny that God. this happens? What? Yeah. So um, I thought her, we wouldn't yeah. notice. 
Anyway. Well, we did. So her mom's at home because she's picking up Beth from the airport because Beth was in California for a pre-college program. Fun. Anyway, so Mia goes up to her room and she starts looking for her cat, Mango, whose full name is Mango the Magnificat. <laughs> okay. Um... She finds him in Beth's room, as well as Beth's open diary, but she doesn't read it. Oh, it's just an open diary. (laughs) And it's, like, barely mentioned later. Like, oh, look, it's Beth's diary, but don't worry, she didn't read it. Um, So then she just takes Mango to her room, and then her brother goes in with her and resets all the clocks in her room. She just has a collection of cuckoo clocks that, again, is never mentioned ever again in this book. (laughs) What the fuck? is this? And he's like, I need to make sure that all the clocks and watches in this house, like, are set exactly the same so that nobody's living in the past and the space-time continuum is gonna stay intact. (laughs) Okay, this kid is me. (laughs) So anyway, he also turned all the alarms back on. She had them all shut off. So they all go off at the same time. Because it's cuckoo clocks, right? Um, And then she's just, like, assaulted by all this noise. Okay, that's enough. We need to demonstrate. No. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, this is not a visual experience as well, because she gets, like, assaulted with all these, like, colored shapes that start blocking her vision. Well, I can start throwing colored shapes at you. I would prefer Blocks? You children's no, I'm, learning? I'm good. Thank Pigeon you. Pigeonhole So then her mom and sister are also arriving at this point, which has more noise, and then Zach just thinks she's being weird, because she's, like, freaking out about how much is happening around her. Then she starts working on finishing the painting of her grandfather. Um, She decides to add like a kitten version of Mango on his shoulder because um, she found Mango on the day of her grandfather's funeral. He was just like a tiny little kitten wheezing next to his grave. Um, And apparently he has the same eyes as her grandfather. It's a little... (laughs) I don't know. Is it her grandfather of cat eyes? No, so... Just to briefly finish the Mango backstory, she had to, like, beg her parents to let her keep him. And everybody thinks she named him because of his... He has orange eyes, but it's actually because of all the sounds he makes are yellow or orange. So the Um, grandfather. Yeah, so... Just... Importantly, Mango still has a wheeze, but he's fine. The grandfather's um, eyes. Yeah, so she finishes the painting and she shows her dad. And her dad's like, oh, I like how you gave, um, like... The granddad and Mango the same eyes. And I'm like, does the cat have human eyes or does the grandfather have cat eyes? Like, I don't understand. The same, he says specifically the same shape eyes. Like, I would get it if it was just like the iris portion was like the same. But she says the same shape, which cat eyes and human eyes are not shaped. If you're Magnus Bane. No, thank you. He is the MVP. (laughs) Anyway, so she takes the painting to the gravestone. This is all in the same, like, afternoon. Yeah. Um, But then it starts pouring down rain, and she also, she goes with Mango. Uh, Oh, hold on. I skipped a portion. She goes to the cemetery to show her grandfather the painting. Um, She was very close with him, um, and... Her family also is not close at all to her mother's parents at all um, because they live in Florida and apparently they have some kind of rift with her mother for, quote, marrying beneath her station and also the lack of culture in the countryside. Oh, okay. Um, she has Mango with her and she believes that part of her grandfather's soul lives in Do you think that those grandparents Mango. live in West Palm Beach? Possibly. It's... 
Palm Beach. Palm Beach. Oh, Palm Beach. I the two of them yeah. are the same in mind. It's all West Palm Beach. Oh, there no. is no Palm Beach. Oh no, there is a, there is a divide. Oh, it is. It's intense. Lest we forget the Real Houses of New York catastrophe when what? one of them was like, "Oh, I was in Palm Beach," and she was like, "No, you were in West Palm Beach." Oh, how- Faux pas on my part. Oops. Yeah, anyway, so she believes that Mango holds a piece of her grandfather's soul. Just... Okay. Why not? Why not? But um, then it starts pouring down rain, so Mango runs off into the trees, and Mia's forced to leave the painting behind so she can run home, and when she gets home, she runs into Beth for the first time since she got home. Like, this whole time, she was home for presumably, like, a decent amount of time finishing this painting and never encountered her mom or sister. Nah. Beth has apparently been changed by California, and she's now a witch. <laughs> like, she's on to, like, herbs and things, and is, like, very spiritual. How long was she in California? I don't know. Some number of weeks. Okay. Well. But, like, they build up Beth before you meet her to be like, oh, she's, like, this vapid teenage girl who changes her hair color all the time. And it's like, no, she's actually, now she's a vegetarian, and... <laughs> Okay. Like the herbs and stuff. That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. So then Mango comes home later when her mom is trying to figure out what they should have for dinner because Beth is now a vegetarian or specifically won't eat anything that once had a face. Um, oh. So they go to the grocery store where her mom nags her by getting school supplies, which Mia doesn't want to do because she's really dreading starting eighth grade because she's going to have to take a foreign language, which is especially difficult for her because the colors of words in English don't necessarily correlate to the same color in Spanish. Mm. So it just makes things difficult. But while she's at the store, she runs into this little boy named Billy, and he says that her name is purple with orange stripes. And she's like, it's not purple. It's candy apple red with a hint of light green. And then she starts freaking out because she realizes what he just said. Uh, but before they're really able to talk about what just happened here, his mom is just like, oh, he's just has an active imagination and takes him away. So later... This is a still that same day. <laughs> no. She goes back Absolutely for the painting. Not. Still what is the this? same day. She goes back for the painting and she's joined by Jenna. And um, the painting's kind of ruined, but it's fine. And like, <laughs> Jenna's like, why is there a rat on your grandfather's shoulder? She's like, why would you think I painted a rat on my grandfather's shoulder? <laughs> He's the rat king. She's like, I don't know. Maybe your grandfather liked rats. He's the rat king. <laughs> um... Then some time passes, me and her brother do a lemonade stand um, before... This is a, this is finally a different day. Oh, wow. Um, and then she and her mom have to take Mango for his annual checkup. And while they're there, she sees her classmate Roger come in with his elderly dog. They go in the back. Either this kid is super loud or the vet has really thin walls because she get to hear everything that's going on in there. Um... Basically, they have to put his dog down. It's very sad. Well, that's sad. Uh, so she says a little prayer for him, and then Mango Say has... Say a little prayer for you. <laughs> Mango has his appointment, and basically he just needs a little bit of medication to help his lung. Because he's a damaged lung, which Aww. is why he has the wheeze. Sad. Um, the first day of school is that coming Monday, and Jenna complains about cheerleaders because she thinks the concept is sexist and stupid. Oh, we love a good cheerleader hater. Yeah, I mean, is it really a YA book if there's not a character who hates cheerleaders for literally no reason? Um, Mia has history with a germaphobe teacher. <laughs> like, she makes you wash your hands before you can enter the classroom and, like, only touch things with gloves. 
Um, and then she has English, where she sits next to this girl who has a book with a book cover, like a paper book cover mm-hmm. that says just says English class on it. She's like, oh, do we have summer reading? She's like, no, this is actually a dirty book, and I just want to read it in school. And she's like, okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, then, okay. she has, <laughs> then she has art class, where they have a new teacher, and the new teacher is like, oh, like, Mrs. Simpson or whatever went on to a better place, and they're like, oh my god, she died? She's like, no, she just moved to the high school. Like, why would you say that? No, that's just something a teacher would say. Um, then two weeks pass, she's failed two math tests. Math tests! In two, in two weeks! She's had two math the tests! First the two first weeks two weeks of school, she's had two math tests. Not quizzes! Not tests. assignments! Tests! What? Yeah. So, she has to talk to her parents about it, and she decides that she finally needs to come clean about this colors thing, because it really makes doing math difficult for her. And her dad is like, oh, so you're hallucinating. And she's like, tries to explain it better, that, like, it's it's real, it's not, like, hallucinations or whatever. She's always been like this. And then her mom is like, oh, it's all the drugs in the 60s. And her dad's like, I never did drugs. And she's like, your brother did drugs. And he's like, what does that have to do with me? And then they just, like... Get into an argument. What the fuck? Her parents have, like, Loki on the verge of a divorce vibes. <laughs> There's more evidence of this later. And again, it's, like, just never really discussed. I don't think anything's discussed in this book. It's not. But they, they finally agree to just take her to the pediatrician. Which is what you should do, yeah. Yeah. So the next morning, um, Mia finds out about Kandinsky, um, famous artist, um, who some people believe to have had synesthesia, her condition, spoilers. But the general consensus is that he probably did not, just because he was all about listening to music and then painting abstract shapes and colors. I can do that. Yes, well, (laughs) so did Kandinsky. Um, She goes to the doctor who suggests that she see a therapist and she's like, oh, people think I'm crazy and whatever. So then she finally gets around to telling Jenna about her colors thing because Jenna was all concerned. She's like, why did you have to go to the doctor? And she was all vague about it. And then Jenna gets super mad that Mia never told her about it and is like, you don't know what a best friend is and like storms off. Damn. Yeah. So then she goes to the therapist um, who thinks that she just has middle child syndrome and is like wanting attention. But then she refers her mom to a neurologist, which makes them both nervous that she has a brain tumor. Very quickly, turns out she does not have a brain tumor because her mom contacts a neurologist who is at a conference in Europe and is like, oh, since she's had this her whole life, she probably doesn't have a brain tumor. Things just happen really quickly. Oh yeah, what has this been, like half a day? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, so then the next day at school, she and Jenna make up. And Jenna was just upset because, like, knowing that Mia was keeping something that was, like, medically related, um, just, like, brought up some trauma about her mom's cancer. Uh, Yeah. She also mentions that she told everyone in school about Mia's colors. Of course. (laughs) Which um, apparently just makes Mia super popular because everybody just wants to know what, what color name they are. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Literally, that's it. Wow. Um, that afternoon, too, Mango pees on the couch. Okay. Which is unusual for him. And Mia's like, maybe he has middle cat syndrome and just needs more attention. He's an only cat, so unlikely. <laughs> Um, so later that week, she finally meets the neurologist who's like, call me Jerry. So that's what I'm going to call him because I forgot Jerry. his last name. Um, and he tells her all about synesthesia, which is very uncommon, but basically the understanding, which I, so pause for a second. Okay. 
I was obsessed with synesthesia in middle school after I read this book. So I used to know more like actual science about it that I've forgotten. So I'm just going to say what was in this book. And I don't remember if this is true or not. Okay. But basically he says that everyone is born with this, but then the neural connections like break over time. I don't believe it. Um, but in some people they don't. Um, and there are some, apparently some other things that connect synesthetes, which is what you call someone with synesthesia, uh-huh. like being left-handed. Hey, <laughs> lefty. Um, so yeah, being left-handed, being artistic, being good at spelling. Um, <laughs> and I guess also thinking about the calendar year differently. So she thinks about it like in a cert, like a, like a clock. Yeah. Where January's at the top. And then it, like, goes all the way around. That makes sense. Well, <laughs> you think about it the same way she does. Oh, I don't picture that in my day-to-day <laughs> life, but all of time is a circle. No, like, when she explains it, it makes sense. But, like, yeah. if I had to describe the calendar year, that's not how I would describe it. Um, she, like, goes more into details that I didn't feel were important to share. So then the doctor is also like, this is usually hereditary, but her mom's like, no, nobody else in her family has this. Grandfather did, didn't he? No. Oh. I see. that's why he was so caught up in his fucking Yeah, that's what you would think. We'll get there. Oh. So then she has to go back to the doctor another day so she gets some tests done to, like, see what happens in her brain when her synesthesia is activated. And then he offers to help connect her to some other people with her condition. Basically, just gives her this website. Wow. That is for people with synesthesia. Um, after the appointment, her mom is like, Jerry's really good looking, like Paul Newman. And it's just like really awkward. Again, her parents have on the verge of divorce vibes. <laughs> Paul Newman. Um, the Reese's knockoff. Numinos, yes. <laughs> yeah, what else? <laughs> Is, um, is that not his claim to fame? Salad dressings, uh, salsas. Uh, he was, oh, right, dressing. He, he was an actor. No, yeah, like, I, that's what I was trying to get at. I was like, I feel like he did something before food. Yeah, he 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 was an actor. It, is he attractive? I I think he he was was he? I he was like young. He was like Paul our Newman. parents' generation would be like, oh, Paul Newman. Yeah. Okay, Paul Newman. Yeah. Young. He no. Like I said, he ain't it, fam. Listen, we don't have to discuss it. Although in this one, he kind of looks like Coach Bolton. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she, her mom is like hot for Jerry, the doctor. She goes home, logs onto the site that Jerry gave her. Again, they don't follow through on this divorce. No, it's not really a thing. It's just there's vibes. Oh, my God. So she logs into the site, and she starts reading posts from other people. And then she makes her own profile. She's like, I should probably get permission from her mom. And she only ends up getting permission because her mom happens to walk in while she's doing it. Uh, I mean, when we were 13. It's true. Were we doing shit without parental permission? Absolutely. Oh, was. yeah. We were catfishing people. Like... <laughs> So, um, anyway, what's that? She's 13. That's yeah. like the age you're allowed to get. Club Penguin. So, her, the reason her mom comes in is because she has a phone call from Roger, um, that kid from her school. Uh, they're in a, a group project together, and okay. um, he's like, We haven't even picked a topic yet. Like, we need to get together to work on this project. Um, and she's like, not Does not care. She is the worst person to have a group project with. Oh. Uh, I would just use project on my own because I didn't want to talk to people. Same. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) she just like promises to like think about some topics and hangs up. Then she starts emailing some kid from the site. 
Oh um, no, this is episode one of Degrassi, the next generation. Um, Don't fall for the turtle boy. Who promises he's definitely not a creepy old man. That's what the guy in Degrassi said too, and guess what? He was a creepy like late 20s, early 30s year old man. So this kid is named um, Adam. No, red flag. <laughs> I watched Skate the Infinity. Um, importantly, though, Adam does know Jerry, and that's how he got her email address. So he's not an old man, but he does have creepy vibes. We'll get into it. Oh, God. Um, but first, she and her group and Roger finally decide on their topic, which is the Igbo slave ship, um, which she will continue to refer to as the Ego slave ship, just oh. incorrectly. Okay. Despite at one point when she finally does the research for this project, she finds out that it's Igbo and just doesn't change the way she says it, even when she does the presentation. <laughs> like, this is just not right. <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyway, so she also finds out that Roger gets acupuncture. <laughs> oh, I love acupuncture. Which is important later, um... Because while she was on that synesthesia site, people were like, oh, you can try out certain things to, like, enhance your synesthesia. And I guess mm-hmm. acupuncture was mentioned. Oh, okay. She also decides to start cheating in math uh, by writing out cheat sheets and colored markers on her genes. So she writes out, like, the um, quadratic formula, but just puts, like, blobs of color that correspond to the letters and numbers wow. in it. Which, you know, honestly, good for her. So, Quick. um... <laughs> Quadratic formula. Uh, y equals... No. Negative X... Is it negative? Does it start with a negative? Negative X plus or minus... It's like all over B squared. There's a 4AC. There's a minus sign in there. It's minus 4AC. Mm-hmm. And there's a radical. Mm-hmm. What is what is minus 4AC? What is it being subtracted from? X squared? No. Fuck. This is the quadratic formula. <laughs> Wait, y equals negative x plus or minus the square root of blank. I don't, I don't remember the whole thing. x equals negative b plus or minus the square oh. root of b squared minus 4ac all over 2a. Right. Okay. I don't... I have a degree in math and I couldn't have told you that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so she writes it out in colors. Right, we're, we're talking about a book here. Yeah. Um... She's back to emailing Adam and he asks, or she asks if he's ever done anything to try and enhance his synesthesia. And he says that he's only, drugs. he's only ever tried getting drunk off eggnog, but just ended up throwing up for five hours. Um, um what, he's 13? He's around her age. I don't know exactly how old he is. I would like to think that he was actually drinking not spiked eggnog and just drank too much and got sick. He he does encourage her to do whatever she wants and offers to write a fake doctor's note for her, um, which is not creepy at all. It's so fucking... It's not good. Yeah. Um, Mia starts getting tutoring in math, but that doesn't really matter at all because of the cheating thing. Um, And then her brother starts a rumor that she has two boyfriends, Adam and Roger, um, for literally no reason. This is when he's like, yeah, I told mom because to, like, get back at you. And she's like, back at me for what? And he's like, I don't know. I love it. You know um, who would do that? The brother in Inuyasha. Sota? Yes, he absolutely would. Oh, uh, Because well, their fucking grandfather makes up the most ridiculous <laughs> excuses. Like, literally, 
All you had to do was A, be like, no, let's just homeschool her. Or B, just be like, make up a chronic illness. She got hit by a car last week. Literally, like, oh, she has smallpox. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it makes no sense. Anyway, so um, Mia has to give Mango his meds. And this time she mentions that even though she's not Catholic, she says I'm a Hail Mary because she's been lying to her mom a lot. And she thinks that maybe that'll, like, absolve her. Um, Which... That's not how that works, because you're not Catholic, so sorry, Mia. Do uh, do other Christians not say the Hail Mary? Apparently not. What? I don't know. Is that a Catholic prayer? Is the Hail Mary. Oh, this is how Mary and I have a long, ongoing discussion of what are Protestants. Yeah, the Hail Mary is a traditional Catholic prayer. What? What What is in it that is not Christian? I don't think it's, like, not... Um, okay, so here we go. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Since the 16th century, the Roman Catholic version of this prayer closes with the appeal. Blah, 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 blah. Um, well, because, like, other Christians don't use a rosary, do they? Is that a thing? Or is that just a Catholic thing? Are rosaries exclusively... Sorry, this is a religious podcast now. <laughs> I've just... Someone teaches... Yeah, the, the rosary is sometimes used by other Christians. Uh, I bet the Baptists use it. <laughs> Um, sometimes, <laughs> you, especially in Lutheranism, the Anglican Communion and Old Catholic Church. Oh, you know, it makes sense. Okay. But yeah, the rosary is pretty much exclusively Catholic. But you don't need the rosary for the Hail Mary, do you? It's part of it, yeah. Well, it's part of it, but it doesn't mean you need it. No, you don't need it, but like, I think. Anyway, what about anyway. the Mormons? <laughs> No, back to the book. Let's not get. <laughs> Are there Mormon prayers? No. Stop. Stop. Mary, we have to get back to the acupuncture. Oh, I need to get back to the acupuncture. Yeah, so she calls Roger to ask about the acupuncture, and he just wants to talk about their group project, which he still hasn't done any work for. Um, but she manages to get him to call and make an appointment for her. Again, she's 13, he's 13, but he's able to... What? Yeah. Whatever. So Mia goes over to Jenna's house. Jenna's upset because her dad has a new girlfriend who she hates named Rebecca. Um, he just... Jenna's she, upset? Yeah, Jenna's My upset. mind filled that in with Mia, and I was like, so they are getting divorced. No. Um, Jenna hates Rebecca simply because she's a woman who her dad is dating. Yes. Um, Mia tells her about how there's a synesthesia meetup that Jerry's hosting, um, and Jenna's all freaked out because the meetup is on the same day. So it just so happened that this neurologist that seems to be a specialist in synesthesia is local to her. I mean, it's, like, within a couple hours. Like, he's in Chicago, and she's, like... Well, I guess there are really in good... In rural Illinois. World-class... Yeah, like, he's, he's at the University of Chicago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... When? And she's just in Illinois. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's on the same day as Jenna's birthday party, but Mia's like, no, like, it's in the daytime, and your party's at the nighttime, so it'll be fine. Um, Adam calls Mia that evening. Um, Jerry gave him her phone number... And um, I would just like to say that violates HIPAA. I don't know. Um, no. that that violates HIPAA. He just says that Jerry gave her his phone number or gave him her phone number. Maybe he just is stalking her. Um, no, I'm filing a HIPAA complaint on to this, this fictional, fictional doctor. <laughs> anyway, he calls her to say that he's going to go to this meetup that's in Chicago, even though he's in Boston. So, is this does this end with him being a child predator? No. 
Does this end with him being an antagonist? Mm, not really. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's no plot. Anyway, so the next day at school, Roger tells Mia that she has an appointment on Wednesday after his appointment and says that his mom is going to call her mom to, like, figure out the details. And she's like, no, just tell your your mom that I already have permission. He's like, how are you going to pay for it? And she's like, I have allowance money. Um, um, acupuncture is not cheap. And do they even let kids get it? Exactly. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're going to need like a permission slip from yeah. an adult. And like, why would Roger's mom just be like, yeah, this is fine. You can't just stab children. Yeah. So she also is starting to not feel bad at all about cheating, um, on her test. Cause she's like, I'm just using my special Damn. gift. She's cheating. Yeah. She's just going full force into a... Yo, the Puritans would hate her. She, oh my God. this is witchcraft. She said a Catholic prayer. And as we know, witchcraft <laughs> is worse than murder. <laughs> um, yeah. So that night after school, she has to make dinner for her family, which is like kind of weird. Like this is a random point in this book where I feel like the author was trying to point out that she really does have middle child syndrome. Like she has to cook dinner, even though she's, 13 and she has an older sister who's like not doing anything that night and two parents yeah well her mom's like oh like i can't make dinner tonight so you have to do it and then like the next day they have the leftovers and like she makes a point of saying that nobody thanked her for making dinner oh that is middle child syndrome and i'm like does she have middle child syndrome or does she not because like there's yeah she just doesn't really make her point but she's obviously trying to make Anyway, so then she has the acupuncture, and it does successfully enhance her synesthesia to the point where she can see auras. <laughs> like, are surrounded by wow. everybody is, like, a, a glow of whatever color, I don't know, of some kind. Um, Throwback to the alchemist. Yeah. Uh, and this lasts all the way until she goes to sleep, so when she wakes up, it's gone. Um, the next day at school, her group decides that they want her to paint a picture of the slave ship for their presentation. And she's like, I already did my 1.5 pages of notes on the religion. So, like, I'm done with my portion of this project. Oh, she's horrible. Yeah. Well, she doesn't say that, but she's, like, trying to yeah, get them. No, she's yeah, she's a horrible student. Yes. Um, but they do eventually convince her to do it. Um, she runs into that kid Billy's mom at the grocery store again. Uh-huh. If you've forgotten about him, he's the kid who also yeah. has color things. And um, she tries to talk to his mom about synesthesia, and she's like, "No, don't talk to me about that shit. I gotta go." And, uh, so Mia just goes home, and it's just not a thing. Okay. Um, Do we get back to the fact that this woman clearly yeah, we'll denies have, science? We'll have closure. Okay. Well, this is one area we will have closure. Good. Um, so then she tells... Is she a Christian scientist? I know. <laughs> so she tells Adam about the acupuncture. He's like, oh, it's because it, it helps you detect pheromones. And that's why you can see the auras. I'm like... What? Why is this child an expert on pheromones? Which humans, like, can't detect. Anyway... Oh, she has another acupuncture appointment, but this time they use an electric current in the the needles, uh, which makes the effect much stronger, and it lasts all the way through till the next morning. This feels like it's a like <laughs> analogy for using some kind of psychedelic drug. I mean, pretty much, yeah. Okay. 
Like, the reason she wants to do this is basically she's, like, high after this happens. Like, the time she gets out with the, um, the electric current, like, she almost walks into traffic because she's just, like, so, like, oh entranced by the colors around her. Yeah. So then this week is Thanksgiving. We're all... We've made it to Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Um, and Beth convinces her whole family to have tofu loaf instead of turkey. I want a turducken. Beth would be like, <laughs> Thanksgiving is really also with the freedom of turkeys. What about chickens and ducks? Those are included. Um, and turkeys? Well, because so Beth is like, we shouldn't have turkeys. So her mom's like, we can have chicken instead. She's like, mom, they have faces. Eight billion chickens are slaughtered every year. It's a whole thing. Oh, R.I.P. So, yeah. So then the next, or the day before Thanksgiving, um, that's also the day her group has to present her project. Um, she leaves her painting at home and has to have her dad drive it to yeah. her. This serves no purpose in the story. Nothing happens. She just, she gets the yeah. painting in time and it's fine and the presentation goes well. Sorry, I got distracted by a text I got from... <laughs> It's like random, like, what to do in NYC type thing. And they just referred to Williamsburg as the entry drug to Brooklyn. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so their presentation goes well, even though she just blatantly says the tribe name wrong. Then oh it's Thanksgiving Day, and Mia's like, it's so weird that Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday. It's just literally what they decided on. Yeah. She doesn't elaborate. Like, she doesn't elaborate on A, if she's doesn't understand that, or B, if she just thinks it's weird that they picked a Thursday. so many holidays that are just assigned to a day of the week instead of a calendar day. Yeah, she just thinks it's weird. Okay. Um, So then the next day, she and her parents go to Jerry's house for the first part of that synesthete meetup. Like, they have dinner at his house. Um, So she and the group discuss the different kinds of synesthesia, which um, I will read to you now. Uh, So there's, like, some people see, or this one woman sees colors and shapes when she eats cold food. Um only cold food. Mm-hmm. Um, another woman says that her numbers not only have color, but also personalities, um, which in a couple other people in the room were like, yes, personalities. Numbers absolutely have personalities. I mean, everybody knows four is a bitch. Well, yeah, so they say three is shy, four is rude, and two is <laughs> <laughs> your buddy. I can't believe that. And then um, eight is apparently a flirt. Oh, <laughs> and then some other guy's like, oh, I always felt bad doing math because you had to put numbers that didn't get along together. And then, then she, like, Adam is there and he's like, he picks his favorite, his friends on whether or not he likes or dislikes the color of their names. That's a red flag. Um, he also chooses his food that way. And he's like, oh, my favorite color is the pale green of the world word chocolate. Or no, this isn't Adam. This is another guy. I forgot. I, Adam's mentioned earlier. This is just some random dude. Okay. Um, and then there's this other man, older man, who married his first wife because her name tasted like peanut butter. And then he met another woman whose name tasted like peaches, which is his favorite food. So he divorced his first wife and married the second woman. Can you imagine the court proceeding? Irreconcilable differences. <laughs> and then some people, like... Um, start talking about like word pictures like when they hear words like they don't only have color but like they have shapes like the name Jerry is a big sugar cube with chopsticks sticking out of it and so it was like no it's a bicycle pump it gets really weird are they sure they aren't like, thinking of uh, tofu and they thought it was a sugar cube well somebody thought it was a bicycle pump but like sugar cube with chopsticks sticking out of it yes 
Explain to me the logistics. I don't know. It's a very large sugar cube. (laughs) And very small chopsticks? Or... No, it's just that big of a sugar cube. Because, like, the chopsticks would break the sugar cube. I mean, not unless it's molded around the the chopsticks. Yeah, but then why did they do that? What do you... It's not a real thing. (laughs) Very. I've got a lot of questions. It's the name Jerry. (laughs) Mary. I got a lot to unpack. No, let's just move on because um, it's time to talk about Adam. (laughs) From Skate? No. Um, So she finally gets to like talk to him one-on-one. He kisses her hand when they meet finally. Oh, no. Then they go outside, and he's like, it's cold, we should have taken some wine from inside, and then he's like, can I kiss you? So they kiss, and then her mom comes out and catches them kissing, and he's like, we have to go home. Yeah, this all happens in the span of, like, one and a half pages. So, yeah, so they drive home. Um, She's in a bad mood when she's home, and she misses giving Mango his pill that night. Um, Mango does. The next morning, Mango was very unwell. (laughs) So she's like, Mom, we got to go to the vet right away. But the roads are flooded because there was this huge rainstorm the night before. And uh, so they got to get they have to take the dad. No, they got to take the dad's helicopter. They take the helicopter to the vet. To the vet's house. Where do they land that? Oh, well, I guess it just, like, it's suburban or, or even it's, rural. Yeah, it's rural Illinois. Unfortunately, though, about- um, he doesn't make it. Oh, no. So Mia descends into a depression. Oh. Um, so she doesn't make it to the second part of the meetup that day or to Jenna's party. Um, Jenna calls her and Mia tries to tell her what happened, but Jenna doesn't want to hear it because she just assumes that Mia blew her off to like hang out with her new synesthesia friends. Yeah. Mia goes to her grandfather's gravestone to be alone, but then Mia or Jenna and their other friends come by and they cover her, but like one of her friends doesn't even know Mango's name. He calls her Marshmallow. Like, okay. Good job. Um, and then Jenna apologizes for getting mad and then tells her that, like, her dad broke up with Rebecca. <laughs> oh, I was really, was really thinking yeah. about that. And then Jenna's like, I know how you feel. And Mia's like, no, you don't. And Jenna's like, excuse me, like, my mom died? <laughs> and Mia's like, you didn't kill your mother, Jenna. <laughs> she says that. We don't know that. <laughs> And, like, so... Mia obviously feels very guilty about um, about Mango because she forgot his pill and, like, he was outside at some time with yeah. her when she was, like, in a bad mood and yada, yada, yada. Obviously, it was not her fault, but she feels very guilty. Yeah. Um, Adam emails her and says that Jerry told everyone what happened. He's like, I don't know why you're so sad because, like, I don't like cats, but, like, let's talk soon. It was fun kissing you. Bye. <laughs> she's like, wow. What? And this guy really uh, is not good. So she's no. she's done with Adam now. Yeah. When Mia goes back to school, Jenna gives her a friendship bracelet, like a, a gold friendship bracelet, which is part of her birthday gift from her mom. This is never really truly established, but apparently her mom left several gifts for her birthdays. Okay. But, like, they don't really establish that. They just kind of mention that's a thing that's happening. Okay. Um, that it feels enough. like it's something you're supposed to know. Anyway, one of the things was this friendship bracelet. Mia tells Roger about Mango, and finally, for once, somebody knows really how she feels because Roger's dog died yeah. at the beginning of the book. And he's like, oh, yeah, he was like a brother to me. And she's like, no, that's not weird for you to say. It's I totally understand because he's like, it's so weird. And then they start talking about her colors, and she says that he's the only one who hasn't asked her what color his name is. He tells her he's actually colorblind. 
That's, yeah. He's like, it wouldn't even matter to me. I don't know what colors are. What if it's black? I don't know. That he would. <laughs> so some other stuff out there. Sugar cube. Some other stuff happens. Um, Mia ends up getting co- in contact with that kid Billy's mom again because apparently his older sister and is actually going to school with her, but she, she has a different last name because of her parents yeah. remarried or whatever. Um, and this is when that Amy thing comes back from the very beginning of the book because this girl's name is Amy and she had called Mia a freak at one point. Um but then she like has a redemption arc and helps her little brother connect back with Mia so that Mia can tell his mom about synesthesia finally. And um, she finally like understands and it's fine and it's cool. And she's like, oh, like there's nothing we can do to fix it. And she's like, no, it's not something that needs to be fixed. It's a gift. And yay, happy times. Mm-hmm. And then her mom finally tells her that she thinks her grandmother had it too. The one in Florida? No, the one who died when she was three, who's like mentioned twice previously. Have we mentioned her until now? I have not, because she's not important until oh, this moment. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, her grandmother used to talk about the colors she saw when she listened to music, and there was this one time when Mia was very little that um, they were, like, dancing together to some music and talking about the different colors and shapes that they saw. She's like, I should have known back then that this was real, but I just didn't want to believe it. This None is real. This is me. Um, and then they go to a Hanukkah party that night. And at the party, they see that the the family's cat had kittens, and there's one that looks just like Mango. Oh and they're like, god. oh my god, he must have been the dad. And her brother's like, we should adopt him. Oh, I thought we were going for like a rebirth type thing. Oh well, there's one kitten who looks just like him, so her brother's like, we should adopt him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's reincarnated. Oh well, it could be, but Mia's like, we can't replace Mango. Like we can't adopt. No, this no, cat. that's that's Mango reincarnated. No, and um, no. Yeah. Because then her brother is like, no, but like, this is his kid or whatever. And she's like, they're all his kids. And then then her dad comes over and gives Mia, or maybe they go home. I don't know. I was really over this book at this point. Yeah. Um, he ends up giving her Mango's old blanket that he used to sleep on. Um, and she thought he buried it with him. Buried um, boy. But she's she's really comforted by this blanket. Um, and then she, she goes to sleep and dreams of mustard. And that's the end. Is mustard the color? Mustard the food? Um, the food. Because when they're talking about the kittens, her brother's like, we can take this kitten and name him Mustard. And she's like, why Mustard? And then she's like, when I woke up the next day, I could still taste Mustard. And that's, the book is over. That's it. We're done. Like, what happened in this book? There was no Absolutely plot. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> this is the most pointless thing I've ever read. What the fuck? <laughs> this is definitely worse than elsewhere. This might be the worst book yet. Yeah, this... Yeah. And we I have a new champion. Like, when I tell you how obsessed I was with this book when I was 13, I read it twice in the span of, like, two months. I did a whole project. I did a whole, like, semester-long research project based solely on reading this book. This book was not good. <laughs> it was not. It was horrible. And the worst part is, this is really exposing myself for a second. I tried to use this as a source in my research project and my teacher was like you can't use this it's fiction <laughs> I was like no like it really adds like um just like a, a commentary perspective because like the person who wrote this book does not have synesthesia uh yeah which oh that rem- I think I read another book by her now that I think about it has she written other books who is this lady Wendy Mass Wendy she's from New Jersey wow. she went to Tufts good for incredible her. stuff 
She oh she wrote some nonfiction. Oh. Uh, Stonehenge. Oh my god, I love Stonehenge. Teen drug abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Women's rights. Readings on night. Great authors of children's literature. Discovering mythology, gods and goddesses. Ray Bradbury, master of science fiction and fantasy. John Cabot, early explorer and celebrate Halloween. Stonehenge. Teen drug abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely read another book by her, but I don't remember which one. Probably it was. the drug one. Um, maybe Every Soul a Star. What? Why does that sound so familiar? It came out in two thousand eight. Every Soul a Star. Here we go. Taking its turns and follows Yeah, oh, I read this. Every Soul a Star. The the cover is that very looks so familiar. familiar. I absolutely read this. Yeah, the Moon Shadow. She's homeschooled. Yeah, I read this. I don't think I read it, but I remember it. I read it. Oh, I do love a good solar eclipse, though. Anyway, so yeah, like, just fucking nothing happens. And it's so pointless. And, like, she tries to make things happen, but that nothing really ever does. And the protagonist is so unlikable. And she really doesn't learn anything. Like, she faces no consequences for cheating in school. She only finds success. Her having a math tutor has no bearing on anything that happens in the book. Oh, nothing has any bearing. Um, like, I think she's trying to imply that, like, somebody makes a comment that Roger has a crush on her. I don't know why, because they've never really even talked before the start of the school year. And she's not nice to him at all at any point in the book until the very end. <laughs> She literally uses him no. for acupuncture. Um, she's mean to all of her friends. And, like, there's... She learns nothing by the end. Except, like, her cat dies and then she feels bad. This was not a good book. It was so bad. So. Yeah. Well. Critical reception was mixed. Not surprised. The narrative is rather overfull of details. A crazily built house, highly idiosyncratic family members, two boy interests, a beloved sick cat, which tend to compete for the reader's attention in much the same way as Mia's colors. And stated that this flaw is not unusual with first novels. This is not her first novel. Was it her first novel? I don't think so. Well, it wasn't her first book. <laughs> well, here's the top review on Goodreads. It's uh-huh. two stars. Yeah. Having strong synesthesia myself, I was not very pleased with the way it is portrayed in this book. I understand that Mass does not have synesthesia herself and that this lack of experience clearly makes it difficult for her to portray the condition accurately. Nonetheless, throughout the novel, she either makes synesthesia seem like a harrowing handicap or divine euphoria. Honestly, it's neither. I think Mass made it seem greater than what it actually is. I've never encountered a, a, a synesthete who felt this way about their synesthesia. It's just like a cool little thing we have, something that deepens our affinity for art, but it's not this colossal issue in our lives. Mass's description of synesthesia felt unnatural to me. Synesthesia is such a natural part of a synesthete's life that it's not something you notice. You just see it, and they're often not solid either. A lot of times it's so vague, and I just barely grasp it, and a lot of times when I even try to describe it, it goes away. I understand that the condition... Quiet out there, thunderstorm. Whoa, thunderstorm. Whoa. Fuck out. 
I understand that the condition is difficult to convey in the written word, but I think Mass could have slipped in those descriptions more discreetly and made them better. Also, the main character was slightly annoying. or maybe Slightly? It, she was insufferable. Or maybe it was just because I didn't like the way she handled the issue of synesthesia. Synesthesia is not that much of a handicap. I swear to you, it's not. And yet Mass exaggerated here and made it the subject of her whole book. Really, synesthesia is much like psychedelic effects of drugs. I got that. But it's natural, involuntary, and usually not so dizzying. So you're not going to walk into traffic. Oh my god, all these reviews are like, first off, it's not disability. (laughs) People are just roasting her. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just not good and any... Oh my god. (laughs) It's been eight years since I've read this book, and the message of this book still might be one of the most moral repugnant I've ever seen. What's saddest is that a mango-shaped space could be a great book were not for the terrible moral of the story. Yeah, there is, like... That's what I mean. She learns nothing. It's not even like she learns a greater appreciation for her synesthesia. This person just deep dives and they're like talking about the discovery of changing her life. And it's just like, there's undertones that it shows learning who you are is a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know how though I read this book and was like, yeah, I'm going to do a whole project on synesthesia, do a bunch of research. And then at the end of it, still be like, yeah, this book was good. Oh, there's so many reviews that are like, this thing is not a disability. This author needs to stop. Okay, I'm confused. What? Here's a one-star review um, from Mira. She shelved this book under the categories problematic, preppy, burn it all, a bigger disappointment than me, OMG, I'm so quirky, ah ha ha, read as a kid but reviewing now. And starts off with this message just to clarify that I read this a long time ago slash when I was really young, but I'm reviewing it now. And here's the review. A book directed at kids has a relationship between a minor and an adult. A book directed at impressionable kids normalizes minor adult romance. What do you think the kids who are reading this book might do? At that age, seeing even one action in media can influence a kid. How many times have you tried jumping off a high platform as a child because you saw someone in a movie do it? It's the same logic. If an adult makes an advance to them, a child might accept it after reading this and using the example that in the book it was shown as acceptable. Just because the 12-year-old main character liked the adult back, it was deemed as normal. Why is a 19-year-old liking a 12-year-old? Does this not ring some kind of alarm? Adults should not be making romantic advances to minors. This is not something to be accepted. I don't care if the child likes them back. The child does not know better, but the adult does. It's an imbalance in power and is disgusting. The worst part is that this is never condemned by anyone in the book. I'm scared to see this author raise children if she thinks this is okay to, in a, to write in a book directed for ten, 9 to 10-year-olds. Is Adam 19? Well, I'm literally, I'm, I'm searching for that now because I might have just, I genuinely skimmed large portions of this book. So it's very possible I, uh, I did not even notice that. Okay, so where, where is, where do we first see Adam? Okay, I see Adam right away since he's the only teenager in the room. He's a little like Roger, blah, blah, his face is rounder. Um, like, is this person right? Or are they just fucking going on? Um, Were they trying to write a review about Fruits Basket? Oh my god. 
No, just kidding. That's between a 15-year-old and a 26-year-old. Where's your source? Where's your source to a 19-year-old? Also, she's not 12. She's 13. Yeah. A lot of people actually love this Yeah, book. so her mom is, like, pissed, but I don't recall any time Reference to him being 19. I feel like she's Let me go back to... the wrong book. Hold on. I'm just gonna go back to when, uh... I truly feel like she reviewed the wrong book. Oh, Mary, was this you? I read this book on the plane to Iowa, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad no, that you... Adam says I'm 14. <laughs> And in the ninth grade, <laughs> in his first email to her. Oh my god, what was this reviewer on? <laughs> what, like, what? I'm truly because she was like, I'm reviewing a book now. Like, it really implies that she didn't reread it. So I think she straight up just misremembered what book she's angry about. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 14 and in the ninth grade I live in Boston and I have colored hearing and colored numbers and letters and colored taste. Wow. But only a little. Well, we are now Goodreads fact checkers. Wow. Damn. Get wrecked. <laughs> Mina? Was that what I said? What was her name? I don't fucking know. Anyway, well. Well, that's really it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about this book anymore. <laughs> Well, we're getting back to Allie Carter next week. I gotta read something fucking good next time. Oh, this isn't gonna be good. It's gonna be entertaining. Well, yeah, this is just, like, annoying. (laughs) Next week is all about how my dream job, if money didn't matter, is international art thief. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, don't forget to follow us on social media. Social, uh, why look podcast or why book on TikTok, but find us on Instagram at why book podcast mostly. Um, and you can email us at why book podcast at gmail.com. Our inbox is very sad. Our inbox is literally empty. No, we get notifications from Twitter about people we don't care about tweeting things. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want from Twitter, honestly. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, um, bye, I guess.